0: Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Vandenbrie from the Collingwood Football Club, you're listening
1: to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloane here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well and welcome back to another episode of the 50 Most Relevant, where through the first 50 days of 2023, I count down with you, who I believe are the most relevant players across Supercoach, Dream Team and AFL Fantasy. Throughout the preseason, we always have different people on these episodes. Some of them are guests from across the fantasy footy community, others are members of the coaches panel. A new member that you're going to get to know very, very well in 2023 is Minnie Monk. Hello, mate. How are you?
0: Yeah, not going too badly. How about yourself?
1: Yes, I'm good. I'm keeping out of trouble because all I'm doing is writing about fantasy football throughout the month of January. Uh, On today's episode, in at number 42, we're talking about Western Bulldog, Bailey Smith. Just the 22 years of age is the midfielder and his top score last year in AFL fantasy is also his career high score It's a 154 against the demons. It came all the way back in round one while it was a 144 in super coach against the magpies, which was his top score for the year. It's not quite though in that format, his career high score. He's got a 150 against the crows back in the COVID-affected 2020 season. From an average perspective, he delivered a pretty handy year in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, a 105.6 in Fantasy and Dream Team, which means in those two formats, he's going to set you back just a touch over 950000 in DT and 935k in AFL Fantasy, while in Supercoach, an average of 98.6 has got him at the price point of 542700 And Mini Bailey came from that super draft of 2018. The King brothers, Walsh, Rankin, Rosie and Butters. And it's crazy in just a handful of seasons how all of them, but especially Bailey, has established themselves as a real star of the competition.
0: Yeah, I mean, Bailey Smith has burst onto the scene. He's been a phenomenal player for the Dogs. He he does it all. He plays inside. He plays outside. He, He can get the ball damaging inside 50 he's a workhorse. He he plays, you know, 90% time on ground He's he's just a great player to watch as well. And you, you gloss over that 90% time on ground so, so easily, but
1: maybe it's unfair, but you think of someone like a Matt Crouch and his points per minute as a player, it was always the, man, he could always be this next tier of player if he could just stay on the ground a little bit longer. But it's because of Bailey Smith's high-end work rate, incredible fitness, amazing endurance, that we've got this guy who who still has not yet played 100 games of AFL footy, delivering incredibly well for us. If we dive into his 2022 numbers a, a little bit to see what he delivered us, there was that top career score all the way back in round one that really put people to attention around him, that 154 in AFL fantasy and dream team. But by the end of the 2022 season, he'd scored 11 tons in that format from his 16 matches It included that 154, but also a 131 and a 147. So there's some nice ceiling about him there. A bunch of other scores, 90 plus, and he only fell under 90 in three occasions last year. So 81% of games last year, scores of 92 or above. That average of 105.6, Actually, he's ranked as the 10th best pure midfielder. That's just a crazy effort when you think about it. Is he in, in mini markets ahead of McRae, Walsh, Kelly, Bont, McCluggage, Petrarca, and Patrick Cripps? That's a phenomenal season in AFL fantasy and dream team.
0: Yeah, and it's a huge average to have. And, and it's bolstered him by the fact that, you know, the last game of the season he was tagged and quite heavily. Like he was on 40 odd at half time, even less and and the other game that one of the other games he was sub 90 was you know when he had that that nasty um i think i was suspended
1: yeah, yeah, there was that there was that um, head clash game yeah. um, against Zach Tui where he really struggled to get into the game after being tagged, and, and then really wasn't himself from then point on after that headbutt yeah, against probably. Zach Tui. We, we'll talk about that in, in a minute. Uh, his Super Coach season probably wasn't as prolific, but the highlights are still very, very good. His average of ninety eight point six consisted of six tons, all of them were over one hundred and ten, by the way, and three of them were over one hundred and thirty five. And just like in AF and DT, a really nice ceiling with just a handful of games, three in fact, uh, under 80, and two of those were against the Cats. So they certainly seem to get his number a little bit there. But what I, I noticed, Mini Monk, when we kind of break down Bailey Smith's season, we see a really interesting trend. There was the what he delivered between round 1 and 10, and then what happened from round 12, Onwards till the end of the year. Now, remember, there's a big chunk of games he missed in the back half of the year due to the on-field incident where he headbutted Zach and He missed a bunch of games, and then there was the off-field indiscretion, which immediately after that uh, was it continued that suspension a little longer. But between rounds one and ten in Super Coach, he averaged 112.2, while in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, in that same stretch of nine games. 118 elite numbers in the final few games of the year, between around 12 and 23, an average of 81 in Supercoach. while well, it was just 89 in DT and AF. So I, I suppose Minimunk, it depends how you want to view those numbers, but the upside there of what he did in those first nine games, gosh, that puts him in the top tier of players in the conversation.
0: Uh, it puts him in the top eight midfielders, if yeah. you can average 118 over a 10-game stretch. Yeah. I think it's worth noting that all of those sub-90 games in, in AFL Fantasy and a lot of those poorer scores in Supercoach came in the back half of that season. They did. Um, and, and I think that that's an important distinction to make. I mean, you've got on-field and off-field discretions. You, you're going to affect your... You know, he's had mental health issues associated with that's that. True. And then he got a hard tag in that last round as well. But that might mean he just comes in at a really nice price for us in Supercoach and AFL Fantasy based on, you know, what he's been able to perform at. He, he jumped in his average... From, from last year to this year in AFL Fantasy by 18 points per game, which is, wow. you know, a huge increase. And in Coach, I think it was, you know, about 14 or 15 points per game, which is, yeah. you know, wild what do you think, for, for some.
1: What do you think was some of the cause of that? I, I know sometimes we talk about the third-year breakout and the fourth-year establishment as a premium. From you, from the data, what do you think you can kind of pinpoint as one of the key reasons for the big scoring jump for Bailey Smith?
0: I think this is the one that I more well, lightly mentioned before, but his time on ground. Yeah. His time on ground average in those first 10 rounds was, you know, 95%, which is yeah. phenomenal. Like you it's... don't see midfielders playing 95% time on ground very often. And, and the ones that do, you know, you don't have to score at a high points per minute. If you're, if you're spending, you know, almost all of the game on the ground. And that's another thing that was, you know, different between the first 10 rounds to to, to the back half of the season. His time on ground actually dropped. It went down to about 85% over that last little bit, which, you know, explains a little bit of his decrease in scoring as well. But, you know, another preseason under his belt, uh, gets fitter, more opportunities are in place. I can't see that time on ground dropping, which means, you know, he might have the ability to go at that 110 to 115 in AFL Fantasy and 105 to 110 in Supercoach for an entire season as opposed to just half of one. Yeah,
1: no, and look, sometimes people will go, well, split the difference and go somewhere in the middle and that's what he'll be. And let's go, Mm. okay, well, that's what he's priced at for you. So, But again, a fourth-year player, this is often the year that a player really establishes themselves after... Four and five seasons, as who they really are, and definitely Bailey Sith. If if he's not there already, he is on the cusp of being not just one of the best players in the competition, as David King said on SCN at the start of 2022. But he's right in that conversation for fantasy football coaches, and man, one game can make such an incredible difference in your relevance in fantasy footy. And it was Mm. the Bulldogs game against the Dockers in the finals that Mm. Fantasy Freako, which is the Twitter handle connected to Champion Data, said that he had 85% of the game in the midfield. It was a season high from him. And as a result, that meant he missed out on retaining his mid-forward DPP status by 06 I suppose, many Monk, there's upsides and downsides to that. The downside yeah. is we've probably lost the top 10 player in the 50 most relevant. The upside is positive, unique, maybe.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely a unique. If if you had, you know, Dunkley, Smith, Taranto, Canelio, Rosie, Butters, all these players with forward status coming into to 2023, it would have been really, really hard to squeeze, you know, three or four of those into your forward line. But now you can, you know, potentially pivot, pick him as a midfielder as as opposed to some of the other more common options. And Mm -hmm. there is always that potential that he picks up DPP through the season like he did in in 2022.
1: Yeah. And again, where his prolific scores came last year at the front half a dozen games of the year is how he picked up his scoring and how he picked up his DPP. So uh, let's talk about his role. A lot of people will have an assumption that Hunter's out. Now, he didn't play a heap of games last year, but sure, there's a freed up wing and there's a freed up mid and forward rotation with Dunkley. Do you believe that means Bailey Smith rolls straight into that centre bounce midfield? Because he only attended about 50% 54% 54% of CBAs last year outside of that final, nothing over 65%. Do you see him just rolling straight into the guts and being alongside Liber, Bont, and McRae? Or do you see something a little bit different to what he's been doing?
0: I think when you've got, you know, as you said, the likes of Liber, Bont, McRae in a CBA rotation, they're all real tough nuts. They've got, you know, great contested possession, great first clearance, first touch and clearance rates. I think you can use Bailey Smith as as a burst player in the midfield every now and then, but I think he, you know, will maintain a fairly similar role, a fairly similar split between center bounces and, and wing, maybe 50-50, maybe a little bit higher on the wing. Um, but I don't think that that's a detractor for him. I think that, you know, he's he's shown the ability to be able to score with a lot of time on the wing just because he he runs hard. He gets to the space, yeah. he finds the ball. And when he gets those ability gets that time in the midfield, you know, he can show his, you know, tackling and pressure. Which, which is good. You want a player that can, you know, push in and also push out. You need the players that work on both inside and outside to be a really elite fantasy scorer.
1: Yeah, I I agree. He's a perfect second touch player. And what I mean by that is you've got guys like Liberatore uh, is elite at this. Bontempelli and McRae are also very, very good at this. Is there um, Mm. excel at getting the ball from stoppage, getting it away from a clearance perspective? And and Bailey can do that. You mentioned earlier in the podcast, he's really that modern day elite um, all round midfielder. But where he excels is using that speed, that power, that endurance to create space and separation from opposition to set up those forward 50 movements for the Bulldogs. And that's where he's at his best for their side. So I think he's. Going to stay like you in that second touch role still with plenty of center bounce moments but wing high half forward becoming that fourth fifth sixth midfielder at the contest i think that's where he's going to be best suited and also for fantasy coaches that's where he'll be at his best um Through the 50 most relevant, you may have noticed that we've already talked about it with Rids a a little bit earlier with certain players, um, have more relevance in different formats than others. Mitch Duncan, when we did him earlier in the 50, probably more suited to AFL, Fantasy and Dream Team the day or two before. Ben Cunnington, probably a little bit more suited to Supercoach. So through the 50 most relevant, because we cover all formats, you'll see certain players higher or lower in the 50 due to their favorability of relevance to different formats. Now, Bailey Smith is very, very relevant in supercoach. I think he's more relevant in AFL fantasy and dream team where I think he might get hurt a little bit in that format of supercoach is you're not punished or rewarded for how you distribute the football. Um, Last year, Smith was ranked first in the league for turnovers And 12th for Clangers. So he certainly can clean that up. He's only been in the AFL system for four years. Absolutely. But it's for that reason I go, man, you could start him anywhere. You could look to upgrade him anywhere. But AFL Fantasy and Dream Team Mini is probably the format I think people will be more likely to consider him as a starting squad option.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. I've I've personally looked at him in drafts, in you know, Dream Team, and in in 4 fantasy. I don't really want to touch him to start the year in SuperCoach. If if he shows that he can clean up, you know, that disposal efficiency and and isn't a clang-up type player anymore, then yeah, it might be a good price to jump on it. But you'd need to see a few weeks of that before you could really jump into it. But I think in AFL fantasy and Dream Team, it 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 he's in that really tight knit bunch Mm. of players there's a lot of players in that you know 900k low 900k price bracket where you can go right which one do I want to jump on have they got the better run to start the year have they got the more upside based off of injuries or you know tags during the the year is there more opportunity for them to be able to score through the year he's one that you could pick you know in those formats as a point of difference because I don't see you know many people talking about him at all no, online. No. Like, he, he's not he's not in people's draft teams. He's not, you know, anywhere. And yet he he has the ability to be a, a top eight midfielder and go at, you know, 115 for a continued stretch of time. I mean, he's, you, you only have to look to last year where after round one, everyone was like, oh my God, he's popped to 150. Yeah. How do I get this guy into my team?
1: 100%. Remember the first nine games of the year, a 118 is what he was going at in an AFL fantasy and dream team. I, I think you're right. I, I think people are looking... Just in AFL fantasy for a second, and it's probably similar parallels to DT. They Mm. see a McRae who's 19,000 cheaper, a a Petrarca, 27K cheaper, Josh Kelly, I had to get him into the 50 somehow, um, who's 37,000 cheaper, even a Darcy Parrish who's 47K cheaper. Uh, People, yes, you can of course get multiples of these, but I think where people are going, oh, this sub 930 range to 900 to 890. Oh, I can really only get one. So I I think that backs up your point is that they'll go for guys that might be a little more tried, tested and proven over a longer period rather than Smith. But again, like we said, with the lot not holding the DPP, that can only be a positive upside for those that are bullish, that have seen the scoring ceiling, that have seen the upside. Because for me, I I don't know about you, Mini Monk, if someone came to me at the end of the year and said... um, did you know Bailey Smith was the top scoring AFL fantasy player of the season? I, I wouldn't look shocked at them. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." W- would that freak you out if someone made that statement?
0: No, I, I think you just need to look at it. I mean, he would have been up there as one of the top scoring AFL fantasy players to start the season, and yeah, you know, he's got the he's shown the ability and he's got the tank to be able to push it out for an entire season. I, I think you could easily make an argument that he could be. If not a top eight, maybe the top, you know, three, two top midfielder for the year. Yeah. And the other thing is, you, you're not picking him if you're not picking him to start the season. That doesn't mean you you don't have to own him because you'll always stay relevant. Like it's especially true. if he picks up DPP through the year, which is oh always uh, always in the realm of possibility for a player that you know plays a similar role to what Dunkley does. You you get midfield rotation, then you push mm-hmm. forward off of that, and you you just have to see that like he got it last year. Mm. There's that means that he's always going to be a relevant player and definitely someone you will consider at some point in the season.
1: Yeah, I think that's a a really nice commentary so that even if you're not got Bailey Smith in your starting squad, You are monitoring him right throughout the preseason, right throughout those early rounds, whether it be for the scoring pop that we saw at the start of the year, whether or not we see the gaining of DPP heading into round 6, 12 or 18, it will be fascinating to see just how many people jump on Bailey Smith in 2023. Before we wrap up the podcast, we've got to talk about where he goes on draft day. He's currently ranked as the 10th best midfielder in dream team and fantasy uh, for averages heading into 2023, while he's ranked 29th midfielder in super coach. Mini where do you see him going across these two formats on draft day?
0: I think in AFL fantasy, you know, most people would either want him as like a really, really late M1 or probably more likely an early M2. Yep. I think, you know, people view a few other midfielders going past and you might regress to, say, 13th or 14th midfielder. I think there's an argument he could still be top 10. Yep. But I see him probably going in the late second, early third round, you know, pair him up with a nice four that you get early on Ooh. in the first round or pair him up with another midfielder that can pop a, you know, 115, 120 average and be like your captain's that. the option every week. Like and that. then in coach, he goes a, a few a few uh, rounds further back and that is probably an M3, M4-ish range nearly. Probably M3. Yeah, yeah I think And that's probably about, about you know, Probably about, you know, fifth or sixth round, depending on how your draft goes.
1: Yeah, no, I love that, mate. I totally agree with that take. Hey, man, not a bad debut in the 50 most relevant for you, monk. Thanks for your work today.
0: No, no, thanks for having me. It's, it's a really, really good time to be able to chat about a, a relevant fantasy player who, you know, might be a point of difference for the season. You never know.
1: Yeah, 100%. If you want to go and uh, check out the article on Bailey, it is online for you now, coachespanel.tv. minimunk's also done a little team reveal uh, a few weeks back when uh, the, uh, the early access was granted to some of the formats. If you want to go and check those out, you can see some of his initial selections over at coachespanel.tv. In 30 seconds, I'm going to give you a clue about who's at number 41 in the 50 most relevant. But if you are loving this podcast series, so far, make sure you're following it across wherever you're getting this podcast and listening from right now. Make sure you follow, leave a nice five-star rating and review. And if you love what you're getting from the coaches panel, panel so far in 2023, I'd love you to become a Patreon supporter. It helps us do what we do every single day for you in the season, but also we'll give you some additional rewards and exclusive content extra access to a bunch of different things just for becoming a supporter. And we'll even give you these podcasts 24 hours early. So you're on 42 with Bailey. They already know who's at number 41. So who is it? They had a career high in multiple categories. So good that they were one of the most talked about players in 2022. And yet, as we enter the new season, after all the accolades and praise that they garnered last year, I've barely seen him in a team picker. I've barely seen anybody in the fantasy community consider him. But regardless, he was so good last year, and he's been so good for so long, to discount him is a crime, a fantasy crime. Who is it? I'll tell you tomorrow in the 50 Most Relevant.